Welcome back to Love Yourself First, everybody. October may be over, but our talk about domestic violence is unfortunately not going to end. We're still going to continue to talk about domestic violence quite often on this uh, show, just because it's very relevant to everything that this show is about. You know, everything that I've been through, you know, it's it's honestly all tied together in some horrible, weird knot, to be honest. It, it all goes hand in hand in one way or another. So with this episode, I wanted to discuss overcoming manipulation and brainwashing. So this is really good to use, you know, when you're still going through the situation, of course. Um, however, it's not as easy, I will have to say. Like, it's it's really hard um, when you're actually there in the situation to just block out the brainwashing, block out the manipulation, you know, and try to stick to your own mind. It's actually incredibly hard. So you can try it to your best ability, you know, and I, I don't fault anyone for not really being able to do it as well as they wish they could or want to. But there are some tips I'm going to give you on how you can help yourself during those times as well. So whenever you're out of the situation, I would have to say that this is a lot easier. Like I, I'm still to this day not fully out of my situation and that's what stresses me out the most out of everything that I go through in my life. Like it stresses me out the most that after everything that I've been through after all this time, I'm still not completely free. And I hate that. I absolutely hate it. But some things that I do to try and make sure I still continue to work on myself and overcome the manipulation, you know, just delete all of that brainwashing that I went through all those years. I journal. Um, I write burn letters quite often. um, And that's something I highly recommend for the people who are still in their situation because no evidence, like I said, leave nothing to show that you need you know, another reason to, you know, have another problem happening, like just absolutely nothing. You know, I, I tried to journal most of the time when I was in my situation and it was very, very difficult for me just because like me writing in general would piss him off. Like it would give him a reason to start screaming at me and fighting with me and eventually start hitting me as well because I was writing you know, and I, that, that leaves evidence, I guess, you know, I guess he was sitting there thinking that, you know, someone's going to come and read my journal. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know, but it was very hard. So with burn letters, I, it was really effective for me. It really was because I would be able to get everything out. You know, I'd be able to write it all down, you know, really just get in tune with what I'm trying to say, what I'm wanting to convey, you know, how I'm really feeling, you know, that I can't say out loud, because if I say it out loud, there's going to be a problem, I'm going to get hurt, you know, it it just, it really became therapeutic for me to write burn letters. So constantly, if you, um, if you ever got a chance to come to my, my apartment or wherever I was living during this time frame, you would probably see some ashes somewhere on the ground, like by the doorstep or something or somewhere on the property. You're going to see some ashes of like paper. And that's because I was constantly burning letters. And it really honestly helped me. It really helped a lot. But one of the biggest things that I would have to say from the very beginning all the way till now that has helped the most is having an anchor. And that's probably like the biggest thing that I'm going to recommend is have an anchor. Something that you can hold on to no matter what. Something from your past, preferably, you know, that 
that you can sit there and remind yourself of this is who I was. This is who I am now, but this is who I was, you know, and whatever that is for you, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, it could be just holding on to specific memories or whatever. Like I have like a ton of very vivid memories of God, awful memories, great memories, you know, a ton of them from, you know, high school, um, just everything before I came in contact with my ex, to be honest, because before him, everything was different about me. Absolutely everything. I was a whole different person. Um, I, I kept on to this, this one memory. Well, honestly, it's kind of like several memories compiled into one of so many people I came across in my life telling me that I'm a real take no shit type of woman. <laughs> I I really was always the girl in high school that everybody was just like, no, nah, I'm not going to mess with her, man. She's not going to take this. No, she's not going to let me do this. And I I didn't. I really didn't. I really did not just sit there and let anyone just, you know, roll right over me or anything like that. That's why, like, whenever I did come in contact with my ex, my family was just in shock. They were in shock to see that this person managed to completely change who I was and let me be someone who was just letting someone walk all over me like a doormat. And my mom still to this day, she'll bring it up and like, I, it's still hard for me to not cry because she'll sit there and she'll say like, baby, he broke you. He completely destroyed you. You're, you're not the same person anymore. Like you completely were broken by him. And I just would sit there and I would just, just remember everything and get so upset with myself, you know, and ask myself all the same questions. We all sit there and end up asking, you know, how did I let it get to this point? You know, how did I, I let it get this far? How could I let someone have this much control over me? You know, yada, yada, yada. I just kept on doing it over and over again. And I would get so upset with myself about it, but I held on to that anchor. I held on to that because that reminded me, you know, you haven't always been this weak woman. You haven't always been this woman who's just going to allow people to come into your life and change who you are, change what you look like, change what you wear, change how you speak, how you act, how you do everything in general, like literally just every basic thing about me. I down to the way I brushed my teeth. <laughs> I'm telling you, I I completely became a whole different person. I became exactly what I was told to become. And it wasn't me. It wasn't what I wanted to become at all. You know, but I I held on to that anchor and in the most trying times I sat there and it gave me strength to sit there and remind myself you have not always been like this. That strong girl is still in there. That fire is still in there. It's just it just needs a little, you know, gumption. You know, it needs a little bit of fanning to bring up that spark again. But she's still in there. She's not lost. She's not forgotten. She's still there. And that memory alone really I feel like is what kept me alive for as long as it has. And I I haven't let it go. I haven't let it go at all. I have so many, so, so many weak moments, especially lately. It's been really hard for me to not have a weak moment, but I still have to hold on to that anchor. You know, and I have tons of pictures as well. I like to sometimes scroll down memory lane to remember I just how different I looked, you know, back then, um, before I met him and everything. Like I, like I said before in the last episode, 
you know, there's a very visible difference of who you are before you go through a traumatic situation, during your traumatic situation, and then after. And I mean, after, of course, you know, I I blossomed, I'd have to say for myself, to be honest, I, I did, I really blossomed, because at that point, I was no longer a child, you know, under my parents ruling or anything like that. And then I was also no longer under the ruling of my ex. So I was finally free for the first time in my life. And I started to actually make all these changes. You know, I started to get to know myself, get to know, you know, what is it that I really like? What is it that I really want? Because I had lost sight of it, you know, all those years trying to be, you know, whatever he wanted me to be. You know, he, he really just wanted me to just be a stay at home mom for the rest of my life. He insisted that he would take care of me and, or whatever. And that like, you know, I would never have to want for anything. But at first, you know, I was sitting there like, oh, yeah, that'd be cool. It'd be great, you know, just to be taken care of, you know, but at the same time, like, I was never that person that wanted to just be taken care of by a man. I was always, I want my own money, you know, because I don't want you to leave me in the dust one day, you know, and over time, I forgot that because he kept on, you know, manipulating me into this, this thought process of, oh, well, my mom, that's how she is. You know, that's what she does, you know, and I sat there, I'm like, okay, so now I got to be like your mom too. Okay, great. You know, and over time I had let him start to take that control. And then at that point I realized I started to become financially abused as well. He started to keep the money from me. He started to say that, you know, we weren't allowed to buy certain things that I wanted or I needed or whatever because he needed or wanted something more important or whatever. And then I remember we had went to go buy uh, a car. It was like the first brand new car that we would ever buy, like like ever, both of us period together. Like we had never bought a car that was brand new and we bought it from the lot. And the whole time I had no say so at all. It was a brand new what was it, 2017, I think, 2017 Dodge Durango, and it was like 30-something thousand dollars. The, um, the <laughs> man, the interest rate, they told us it was going to be like 17%, and, or no, was it 17? It was really high. Oh, I forgot what the interest rate was. It was going to be really high, but the payments were going to be like $687 a month. And he's sitting here like, oh, yeah, yeah, we could do that. You know, both of us together, you know, with our, our paychecks, we could totally do that. I'm like, and what are we going to eat? Who's going to put gas in the car after all that? What about toilet paper? What about laundry? You know, I just sat here like compiling all the things in my head, like how expensive everything is because, you know, I, it's the logical thing to do. <laughs> and I'm sitting here like, no, I'm telling the dealer, like, I'm not signing this. I'm not doing it. And at that point, he was like, well, it's my money, so I'm going to do it. And he so he signed it, and then he was just like, now give me your card because I'm going to have to put a down payment on it today. And I'm like, what? It just it got, it got out of control. It got out of control after all that. It really got out of control. Um, but the financial abuse really started right there, and it continued to just get worse and worse and worse. And you know, as a married couple, it's supposed to be, you know, our money, we have to make smart decisions together, you know, we're building a family and whatnot, like, we don't, you, you can't, you can't do that in a marriage, you know, when you're, when you're sharing a lease, you know, you're paying, you're living under the same roof, you know, you're paying the bills and everything like that, you can't just go out there just spending everything, 
you can't do that. That's not fair. That's not right. And what happens when everybody else needs something? You know, then there's nothing left because you decided to do your own selfish bidding. So that's not how it was supposed to work in a marriage, you know, in my opinion, you know. So I was just like, I get it. You know, we both make our own paycheck, but that's not okay. But after a while, you know, it, like I said, you keep staying in the relationship that gives it more time to continue on with the manipulation, to continue on with the brainwashing. And that's exactly what happened. You know, he got it to the point where I was just like, yeah, okay, you know, you're the breadwinner. You know, this is how it's supposed to be or whatever. This is how it's always supposed to be. And, you know, I got his mom over here in my ear, you know, doing the same thing, doing my the manipulation and doing the brainwashing, telling me that, you know, this is how it's supposed to be. This is what a traditional couple is, a traditional marriage is, you know, and it was just, it was insane stuff. Like I was literally hearing it in my, in my head, like, yo, this is crazy. This is like the most insane thing that I have ever heard in my life. And like, it's coming out the other ear, like, okay, yeah, I got to do that. I got to do that. And, you know, if I just do this, it'll be fine. It'll be better, you know? And it just wasn't no matter what it just, it was not. So the anchor, it, it helps. It really helps because in all those trying times when I'm, when I'm hearing the, you know, you're worthless, you're not pretty enough, you're not this and that, you know, it was always something that I wasn't enough of. And I kept hearing it. Those, those trying times, like I really held on to those anchors because they kept me level. You know, they kept me, you know, from preventing myself from spiraling down the rabbit hole of, you know, yeah, you are worthless. Yeah, you are trash. You know, letting the depression really set in, letting the bad thoughts set in. Like I was still back then before I even knew about counteracting my thoughts, I was still actively doing it, you know, because part of me was, you know, like I said, still in there. That fire in you is still in there. It's it's just been covered up a little bit, but it's still there. So in those times, I really had to really muster up the energy to sit there and just not listen for a minute. Just really try your hardest, your absolute hardest to tune it all out. Just for a second, just tune it all out and remind yourself. And still to this day, I still have to remind myself of my worth and my beauty constantly. Like literally every single day, all day long, I have to remind myself because I'll sit here and I'll look in the mirror and I'll notice that I've lost a lot of weight and it makes me uncomfortable. Or I'll sit there and I'll see that my skin's breaking out and I, I feel uncomfortable about it. Like I will sit there and critique the living hell out of myself all day and I'll have to sit there and be like, you know what? It's fine it's fine. Your skin will clear up. You will gain the weight back. You are still worth something because you look like this on the outside. That doesn't mean that your worth on the inside is now invalid at all. You know, and I, I struggle with that a lot still to this day, just because of all the stuff that they put me through, especially, you know, not, I didn't feel like I was womanly enough because I didn't have the boobs. I didn't have the, the hips, the, the butt. I didn't have it. You know, I, I've always been a small person. I've always been a petite person. And it has always been so hard for me to just, I don't know, not be. <laughs> you know, I got a high metabolism. So it's been difficult my whole life. But I never felt insecure about that until I met them. So again, my anchor, before I met them, I was comfortable. 
with who I was. I was comfortable with the shape that I had, the, you know, the color, the texture, everything about me. I was comfortable with it. I was. But being in that relationship completely changed all of that. It really did. So now here I am, you know, reminding myself every day, my worth, my beauty, my intelligence, you know, because I feel so stupid so many times. Like I, I hate when I get like a, a little mistake pointed out sometimes now. Like if I get a mistake pointed out, like it makes me feel like I'm the stupidest person in the room because I try so hard now, you know, to to really, you know, just show that I'm not what what he always said. And stupid was one of them that I just was just dumb as hell, like just all the time. And like, I'll, I'll do little, little things that, you know, I don't even realize sometimes. And if it gets pointed out, I, I feel self-conscious immediately. I feel embarrassed and I hate it. I hate it. I hate it so much, but I'm working on it. I'm still working on it. And that, that's the thing about all of this. I've, I've said it so many times in this show it is a lifelong journey that you are going to have to go through with yourself. So you might as well make it worth it, okay? You're going to have so many days where you're just like, God, I just cannot to do, to do <laughs> today. And that's okay. Because you're going to be able to do it another day. Maybe tomorrow, maybe the next day. Who knows? But you're still going to be able to do it again. You know, it's every day isn't going to be horrible and it's it feels like it sometimes. Trust and believe. I know it feels like it, but remind yourself that it's not. You know, I, I still I had to rem I had a very bad moment not too long ago, um, a few days ago, actually, actually last week, I think it was last week. My son had smashed his finger in the door and I had to, you know, take him to the ER and everything. And I mean, it was no breaks, no fractures or anything. You know, it was just. It was cut, you know, the nail's going to fall off eventually and everything. It's healing very fast now. It's really great, actually. But that night, I was up all night fighting the rabbit hole. I was trying my hardest to fight my way out of this rabbit hole that I was spiraling down because I'm sitting there thinking immediately, oh my God, how am I going to explain this to his dad? Like that was the first thing that popped into my head. How am I going to explain this to to his dad? Because I am so used to hearing the, you know, you're a terrible mother speech about everything. Everything I do, literally absolutely everything I do. If he doesn't have a haircut, like there's a pe global pandemic happening right now. And I haven't given my son a haircut in I don't know how long. Because like, that's what I'm supposed to do. But according to him, I got our kid, you know, walking around here looking crazy. And, you know, I got him walking around here looking like he's poor or whatever and I'm a bad mom for it. You know, so I I still have to remind myself on a constant daily basis as well. I'm a great mom. But that night, I had to write it in my journal. I sat here pacing. You know, I tried to clean and everything, stress cleaning. You know, most of us moms out there know what I'm talking about, stress cleaning. <laughs> but I was spiraling. And when I was writing it in my journal, like, I started to feel better because I even, I even wrote it, you know. I know this is stupid. I, I literally wrote that. I said, I know this is stupid because I, in my heart, I know, you know, I know I'm a good mom. I know I'm a great mom. I did everything the right way when that stuff happened. 
you know, I, I bandaged him up and took him to the hospital. It was okay. You know, I held him the whole time. I held his hand the whole time. I consoled him the whole time. I got him, you know, donuts and everything afterwards, trying to make him feel better. I continued to, you know, clean it and bandage it, heal it, you know, and now it's healing at an exponential rate. Like just two days after it happened, his pediatrician's over here telling me that, you know, I'm so smart and I'm doing this so incredibly well because it's healing faster than she even expected, you know. And I sat there writing this and I'm just like, man, this is why I don't talk about it with anyone. Because I know if I talk about this with someone, they're going to be like, are you stupid? Like, obviously you're a great mom, you know. And so that's why I said it in my journal. I'm like, yeah, I know this is stupid, but I was in such an abusive situation for like seven years of constant manipulation and brainwashing that I truly believe that I'm not sometimes. Like, I'm just not a good mom. I'm not a good person. I'm not a good model. I'm not a good girlfriend. You know, I constantly feel like this. And I have to constantly fight those thoughts because of how long I stayed through all of that abuse. So I sat there and I said, yeah, it's stupid, but, you know, it's not. It's normal, honestly, after going through everything that, you know, we go through in these situations and especially the longer you stay in the situation, it is entirely normal to just sit there and have to reflect on it all. It's it's totally normal. You know, it's totally normal to have to sit there and undo what has been done because that's exactly what, you know, PTSD therapy and everything is all about. You're trying to undo it. You know, trying to get back to a normal, stable level. And again, the anchor helps you stay on that stable level. So my journaling is so much easier now, you know, because I'm obviously not in an abusive relationship anymore. But back then, burn letters were my my definite go-to. And I mean, I still like burn letters a lot, honestly, because I feel like it's a therapeutic thing to watch the ashes kind of blow away in the wind and... You, I just feel like, you know, when you're burning it, you're releasing it, you know, instead of just trapping it in a book, you know, you're releasing the emotion that came with everything you wrote. But whatever works for you, you know, choose what works best. Um, therapy with someone or therapy or just talking to someone who's older and wiser is also very, very recommended. Obviously, while you're in the situation, you know, everyone's situation is different, but for me, I couldn't go to therapy. I wasn't allowed to. Um, yeah, (laughs) it's hard. I'm telling you, it's hard. Manipulation and brainwashing is the worst part for me. Like for domestic, in domestic violence situations, it's the worst part because when you're physically, you know, attacked, most of the time you can heal back from those things you know the the bruises and the cuts and stuff they'll heal you know you might get a scar and everything but you know you're still there but mentally that's the stuff that stays emotionally that's the stuff that really sticks to you and your mind and your soul and that's what hurts the most for me still to this day and i mean whenever that situation happened with his finger you know, my boyfriend encouraged me to tell him, you know, tell his dad that it happened. And I sat there in my head. I'm like, I, I don't need that speech right now. I don't need to hear what a terrible mother I am. I don't need to have an argument. I just can't. 
And that's how it goes with every situation. There's always an argument. And lo and behold, he calls Child Protective Services again on me for a false allegation again to tell them that I'm the one who smashed my son's finger. And of course, that's the stupidest thing that he could have said. But you know, whatever. They came, they saw, they said, oh, okay, well, never mind then. Like, (laughs) it was the stupidest thing ever. But that's what happens with the manipulation as well. Like, that's the thing about it that you have to keep in mind as well. It's not going to always just be you that's manipulated or brainwashed. Your abuser is going to try and manipulate and brainwash others as well into believing what they believe about you. And that's what my ex tried last year with my my boyfriend. They created a fake account to send him all types of messages and all types of screenshots and stuff. Just, you know, just showing like the terrible stuff that we were going through in the relationship and everything. Trying to get him to turn against me and decide, you know, no, I don't want to be with this girl. Nah. And obviously it didn't work. Here we still are living together happily, you know, but he tried, you know, and he tried to go home to my family and spin off this crazy lie about me being a prostitute and all this other crazy stuff that was never true to my own family, you know, trying to discredit me there. And whenever the cops were called on him after, um, after that situation with him uppercutting me while I was breastfeeding my son, that was like the worst part for me during my military career because he got to go to work before me because I was I was battered like I was really really beaten up and my female first sergeant at the time like she made sure I was not allowed to come to work until I was healed up and the bruises were gone the cuts were gone and I could actually walk again um so I didn't go to work so while he was there, he told everyone this just crazy whole different story to what happened that made me seem like I'm just some crazy perpetrator and I'm the one who did him dirty. I'm the one who did him wrong. You know, I don't have no loyalty, all this crazy stuff. And when I came back to work, everyone was looking at me so differently. He completely transformed my work environment into a hostile place for me. And he turned the people against me that I thought were my friends, or the people who I thought were my friends against me. And I no longer had anyone I could talk to at work. I was completely alone at that point. I had a very hostile work environment. It was horrible. And then shortly after that, they moved him out of the same company as me because they said that um, he was toxic. My leadership said he was toxic, but, you know, everyone else that was, you know, lower enlisted like me, they... They just bought into all the rumors that he spread. So the manipulation is not, it's not something you can really handle whenever it's going against somebody else, you know, when like they're, when they're going to other people and telling them other things, honestly, at that point, if those are people who truly love you and truly care about you, they're not going to buy into that. They're not going to listen. And I only had a a few select people in my life at that time that actually did not buy into it at all. And one of those people was my NCO. Um, She wasn't an NCO at the time, but she did eventually become my NCO. And she was amazing. And she like pinpointed everything in my life to say that that's exactly what she went through with her ex. And this is exactly what's going to happen next. And like, she's been right about everything so far, to be honest. So 
props to her. I absolutely love her. It's still to this day, she's like someone I'd still keep in contact to. She's also an anchor for me. She kept me strong through all of it, to be honest. But for real, it's it's hard. It's it's gonna be really hard for you to to get through it. I'm not gonna lie, it's gonna be incredibly difficult. You're not going to want to continue to go on with it sometimes. You're going to want to quit. You're going to want to give up, but you can't. Because if you quit, if you give up, they win. They win in the end of it all. And honestly, they've done enough winning. And that's exactly why I am here today with this podcast series that I have created, you know, after all these months that I've been doing it now. That's why I'm still here. Because I feel like if I give up trying to help other people going through, you know, situations that I've been through or situations that I'm going through or whatever the case may be, or just people who are just trying to love themselves so that they don't have to go through any of this at all. I feel like if I give up doing that, he's winning, you know, so this is benefit. I've said it so many times, this is therapeutic, this is beneficial for me. I absolutely love to do this for you guys because I needed this. Whenever I was dealing with all of that, I needed to hear these things. I needed to know these things, and I didn't. So now that I do know them, I want others to know them as well. So again, I'm going to run through it all. Have an anchor, you know, materials, whether it be, you know, clothing, outfits and stuff. Um, I still have like certain purses or whatever that I've had like for years that, you know, will bring me back to memories or whatever you know, memories, friends, family members, even just remembering certain things in general, the biggest thing would have to be memories, I would have to say. That is a really big, important thing. So when you're dealing with all of that, hold on to your anchor and hold on to it tight. Do not let it go because it will keep you level. And journaling, I recommend journaling, you know, at your own risk personally. Um, I don't know what anyone's situation is. Everyone's situation is differently. So, or is different. So it, it just, it varies. But if you can do burn letters, burn letters are highly, highly, highly recommended. Um, I, I couldn't recommend that enough to be honest. And then therapy. I always come down to that being the bottom line because when you go through so much brainwashing, so much manipulation, Therapy is truly one of the best ways to go because then you have somebody who's actually licensed in telling you, you know, how am I going to get through this? You know, how are we going to work through each situation? Because it's not like you're just going to go through one situation and be done. You're going to keep going through it. You're going to keep coming up to these same roadblocks and you're going to have to keep fighting through those roadblocks. You can't give up. Don't give up. Please keep holding on because there's someone out there who didn't get to hold on and they wish they did. There's someone out there who's watching you hold on and they're trying to keep the courage to hold on as well. Don't give up. It's not worth it because you were not like this your whole life. You were not like this until you met them. And you can easily change. You can easily blossom. You can easily overcome this. I promise you, you can. What it all comes down to at the end of the day, you need to get to know yourself. You need to realize your self-worth and realize that you are worth loving. Whether somebody else is doing the loving or not, it doesn't matter. You need to realize that you are worth loving. You 
loving yourself. Realize that. Because at the end of the day, that's what's most important about all of this. I love my boyfriend with all of my heart. But at the end of the day, I know that I have to have enough love for myself no matter what decision he makes about me at the end of the day. Because if he leaves, I'm not going to be able to cry about it every single day for the rest of my life. I'm going to have to continue on. I'm going to have to pull myself together and move on and just continue to try and better myself. I can't just sit there and mope around about it. So with domestic violence, keep that in mind at all times. This is not the end. It's truly not. It is not the end of your life. You have more to look forward to. There is light at the end of the tunnel. And do not lose sight of that light. Don't close your eyes. Don't think that it's not going to happen for you. Because you can get out. You need to want it more than anything in this whole world. Want better and do better. Get to know yourself. Get to know what you like, what you want, and what you love in life. Forget about what everybody else is telling you that they want and they like for you. Remember what you like. You are still an individual, no matter what the manipulation and brainwashing has taught you. Don't forget that. So, with that being said, I think that's good for a wrap-up. I really hope everybody's doing well. I really, really hope that domestic violence is not taking over with this pandemic. I've been seeing the rise in cases and I hate to see it, but hopefully this can help somebody. So pass it on to your friends. Let me know, you know, if you need, if you want to give me some feedback, I love feedback. I absolutely love it. Let me know if you need anyone to talk to or vent to. I'm always here. Send me a DM. Thanks for listening, guys.